BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. tuning in to another wonderful episode of Geek Vibes Live, in which we talk about all the wonderful, you know, energies and, and abilities of, of the art of making film. I'm Patrick Stewart. Of course, I am, you know, with my two wonderful co-hosts. First, Nick, how are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing great, Sir Patrick. Uh, like, yeah, is, is Dane around, or are you just... Did you confiscate his phone? Did 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 do you help? Did Peter Griffin help you kidnap him? Is that is that what's happening here? I don't understand uh, where these talks of me apprehending uh, Dane. He's right here too. Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Patrick. I, I don't understand Nick's allegations, but uh, I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, wonderful, and of course you are the the head honcho for Geek Vibes. How are you doing, sir? I am pretty good. Uh, this is an honor, and I'm just completely freaking out right now. This is awesome. Uh, Juwan, it's not really, it's not really uh, Patrick Stewart. It's just me doing an impression. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that sucks. Okay. I so the interview I lied night. about, guys, uh, to get you on here with Patrick Stewart, it was all a lie. Uh, it's our early April Fool's joke that we'll now do on uh, what day is it? Uh, you know, whatever day today is. So either way, yeah. Another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, this is the last news episode. Uh, we have, obviously, the, the year in review episode that will be premiering Sunday. But we also want to talk about all the last amounts of news for this year that we got. So uh, you already uh, heard the panelists. Um, the uh, shtick is up. I'm not doing Patrick Stewart the whole entire show. I almost thought about doing it, and I said, fuck that. So why don't we just go into the uh, the news itself, guys? Uh, let's Let's talk about some stuff. Um, let's start it off with a little bit of reviewing of Aquaman. Now, I'm going to warn our listeners. We're not going to try to go too spoilery, but we might pop a spoiler out, if you will, talk about stuff within the film that you could consider a spoiler. So just as a warning, we're going to go into that conversation. We'll probably be done. I don't know. Uh, just check back, and uh, you know, then we can get back into the conversation. But 
just a warning right now. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Or if you hear something, don't get mad at us. Uh, either way, yeah, I saw Aquaman um, Christmas Eve uh, with my brother at the mall, um, and it was nice. Um, not the mall experience so much because I was at the mall on Christmas Eve, and I told my brother he's an idiot. I want to do that, but um, yeah, we did. We 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 did it. Um, I enjoyed the movie um, a lot. I I really did uh, like Aquaman. I thought that. I don't know exactly which one's my favorite. I really still feel personally to me, and you know that Man of Steel is still my favorite DC movie uh, or DC extended. You, however you fucking break it down, Worlds of DC. Either way, uh, Aquaman, if Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, and, and, and Aquaman are, are three really solid films. I will say that Aquaman was a lot of fun. Um, it, it had elements, obviously, of Indiana Jones um, to it. Um, I love the, the world that James Wan helped build. Uh, I thought it was very uh, – certain parts reminded me of Star Wars. Other parts reminded me of NeverEnding Story with, like, the different types of weird creatures involved. Uh, and it, it just it had that classic you know element of like '90s like action uh, kind of tone, uh, very similar to not a completely different movie, but if you understand what I'm saying, like something like The Rock almost, uh, like that type of com- camaraderie, the back and forth between the characters. I, I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was an awesome movie. I thought Patrick Wilson was great in it as Ocean Master Orm. Um, I thought Nicole Kidman was awesome. I thought the whole cast was pretty damn good. I thought that Jason Momoa really showed up. He was very charismatic. Um, I enjoyed him throughout the whole entire film. I think that this is probably Amber Heard's best performance I've seen her in, I would say, arguably. Um, and I really liked everything that they, they went through, uh, even Fifth Element-ish, almost in certain yeah. parts. Um you know, just just what they had to collect, uh, and 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 the whole entire him trying to figure out if he really wanted to be an Atlantean, and while well, basically repelling it at first, I have to say that this is no offense to the actor. I'm not going to say that he stepped up in the role or anything like that, but I I feel like William Defoe's character uh, didn't really do anything for me, and to me, maybe I'm just expecting him to be a little bit more animated always. Maybe that's just a bad concept, but I felt like Volko was. You know, just a whatever character. You know, he was a, his advisor, but he didn't really get too crazy as I would feel like William Defoe uh, could go to uh, that level. But maybe that's that's what they wanted for it, and that that's fine. That's you know, I thought the movie itself was was fun. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'd recommend families going to see it. Uh, I I I enjoyed it, and it made it's about to make six hundred million right now um, going into this weekend. So. What, regardless of how I feel, uh, people's wallets are, have spoken, and uh, this is a good thing, I think, for the DC Extended U going forward. Uh, these awesome um, solo films that really get the characters more in-depth, change what they have to change, and then maybe eventually in the next upcoming years we could have another team-up movie, but don't worry about that. Live in the now live with these characters. I don't remember the after credit scene at all. I think it was something with Black Manta – um, I thought that Black Manta was a little bit animated. I actually preferred his dad more so than his performance, but he was fine, you know. Uh, just I did like the relationship between Orm and his uh, as far as kind of having what I wanted, actually, like an Emperor Darth Vader style, and even with the like little bit of a effect that they had for uh, them communicating. Very much reminded me of that. 
But yeah, I, I, the movie was ex- uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Dolph Lundgren also I think did a great job. The movie was exactly what I expected it to be, and more I would say. So I I, I think it was a good film. So now that I just rambled on like a jerk, um, I'll pass it to Nick so he can do it. So Joel uh, can be up. Yeah, on. I mean, I uh, I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. It's it's definitely I won't say definitely but it's probably my favorite DCEU movie yet um it's either this or Wonder Woman for me personally and while I do think Wonder Woman is a better movie um I just feel like I enjoyed this more I feel like I feel like I'm really going to enjoy rewatching this and though I really enjoyed Wonder Woman like I, I've seen it twice now um like I don't expect to like it to be one of those movies that I rewatch a bunch of times um, I think this will be one of those movies. Um, I mean, you never really know until you go and you watch it the second, third, and fourth time. Um, but I, I definitely think it's going to be. I laughed hysterically throughout the movie um, at, at, at various different things. Some of it was like quips, one-liners, um, your, your typical Disney fare, I guess, as far as the MCU goes. Um, but also, like... They they really played um, like I think Jason Momoa as Aquaman is just like the the most like perfect casting uh, for the character. Like it, it, it he they play up like the over the top nature um, so well. Like when he first like. Uh, you know, boards the submarine at the beginning of the movie, and you know he's he's walking through and just like taking down all the bad guys. Um, you know, and he walk like when he walks through the smoke, uh, and it's the like the the little foliage that they use um, to like uh, almost I, it's 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 strange, it, it, but it didn't feel like off putting at all. It, it like felt perfect and and like humorous and and kind of harkening back to like. Um, uh, like an 80s action movie for me, uh, Dane. Um, and I just loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, perfectly played on the part uh, of James Wan. Um, he obviously snuck in uh, his horror elements in the trench scene, which was super cool. Um, like, it didn't feel disconnected from the movie. Um, but he also didn't, like overdo all of that stuff throughout the movie where it wouldn't have been fitting. Um, so props to him on that, on being able to tie together um, his kind of horror roots, but also making, like you said, Dane, like a fun adventure film, like that of Indiana Jones or Romancing the Stone. Um, very, Like, just very good job. I agree. I, I think with the thing with Willem Dafoe is it's not, like, it's nothing against Willem Dafoe. It's like man, like, why would you waste Willem Dafoe on that character? <laughs> like, you could put any, almost anybody in that role um, because you really weren't asking that character to do a whole lot. Um, like, I, I would just rather see Willem Dafoe play a different character. Um, like, because he is just so... He's, he's a great actor, and he is, like, just kind of so weird. Like, I, like think about Ala, his his character in Boondock Saints, like how, how like weird that character is um, and how perfect he is in that role. Um, whereas a character like this, you can just kind of picture any number of actors, you know, being subbed in for him and, and, you know, giving an equally good performance um, because the character is just kind of bland. Um, 
But I, I mean, I didn't. Again, nothing against Willem Dafoe in that. It's just you know the character. It's just I, to me the way the character was written. Um, as far as uh, the actor who who plays Black Manta, he's way over the top. Like uh, again, kind of like I think that's kind of what they were going for. Um, like, and it, he gets like this little montage sequence, and it's it, it it's a little like it's over the top. Um, a lot of like his dialogue at the very beginning, uh, you know, is is pretty over the top, and it kind of sticks that way throughout the movie. But again, 80s action movie, like that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's like it's basically like Commando, um, if it was done today and was a superhero movie. Like that's kind of how I felt uh, about it, um, and I just loved it. Like I I, I loved. Um, the fact that they, you know, didn't didn't really weren't afraid to take those kinds of chances with it, and you know, weren't afraid to kind of um, poke fun at themselves. And the the key pinnacle moment of that for me was when Aquaman rides a fucking seahorse. He gets a seahorse and he's trident and he's like going full speed. It was amazing. Like I loved it. Um, it's just just what an awesome like moment to like see on screen it was uh like i laughed also but also at the same time was like yeah they, they pulled that off he looks really badass um so yeah i mean i, I highly recommend the movie i i had a ton of fun watching it um and i look forward to uh seeing it many more times yeah you know maybe maybe i should really more more 80s early 90s because when you think about michael bay he's more of like um doing an homage to 80s on a lot of his films throughout the 90s. So, like, true lies, like that type of tone. Um, sure. You know, oh, yeah. Something, something like that. The camaraderie also, obviously, Indiana Jones, uh, with how he is with his lady, uh, um, what you call it, co-stars, you know, the, the, the camaraderie between Mara and, and Jason Momoa's Aquaman uh, I thought was really good. I thought that definitely yeah, it had worked, some of it that. Yeah, it worked really well for me. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I think that I, I agree with you. I think that to me, uh, Wonder Woman would be the better quality film as far as like a film structured. Um, I think Man of Steel is more maybe more original or maybe like has more of a dynamic for the story. But this film, I think, is the most fun out of any of the DC films. Now, maybe is, is, is that because you could say it has that Marvel formula? Maybe. Uh, I, I, I just think that you, if you pick good actors, you pick a good story, you don't have to have to make it complicated necessarily um, to be good. So I don't know. Um, now that we've made you wait, uh, Juwan, about, I don't know, uh, 30 minutes, uh, I, how did you like uh, this movie? Uh, um, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Uh, I personally think it is DC's uh, best movie um, so far. Uh, and I think it is a recipe to a perfect blend. I think this movie was lighthearted, and I also think it was dark in some parts. Um, but that that's what's going to work for DC going forward. You don't have – the thing I think Warner Brothers kept forgetting is DC Comics don't have to be one thing. They don't have to purely be one thing. Marvel learned that lesson uh, from the jump. Iron Man wasn't uh, like – a sing-along, happy-filled kind of movie. There are dark elements in it. Um, his whole time being imprisoned over uh, over in, I, I don't know exactly where he is, so I don't want to say a specific place and be wrong. Uh, 
Um, then the whole scene with Obadiah uh, betraying him. Like, that's not fun-loving, kind-spirited kind of stuff. Uh, and then Winter Soldier. That, I think that was very much a, a darker tone uh, for the Marvel Universe. So to find a happy blend um, is, is what they should go for going forward. Uh, it, it works. Now, I'm not saying Shazam has to be uh, that, because it looks like the formula for that might just be uh, fun. So <laughs> if it works, it works. But back to Aquaman. I think it is DC's best movie to date. Um, it was the only movie I've seen that not one part made me cringe or kind of go, well, that really doesn't make the, the most sense. Um, it was just, I thought top to bottom, it was just great. It was great. Um, I thought visually what James Wan did, I don't think I've seen anything uh, visually that was better than Aquaman uh, this year uh, or that I can remember that was visually that good. Um, Momoa is just it, Guy looked like he was just born to play uh, Aquaman. The guy he fit. Uh, Nick was saying before when he landed in the in the submarine, uh, and permission to board. Like just, he's so freaking cool. Like some of his lines, I was just like, another person probably wouldn't be able to execute these lines like that. But for Momoa, it just it, it works. Um, like they're just they're not too complicated of of lines. One, it's just simple simple lines that he says that just sound super cool. Um, Black Manta, I think the only problem I had with him is that they didn't go the route of Orm and his father being for, uh, being friends uh, in a sense of Black Manta being around Orm uh, a lot, to, whether it's through his childhood or through growing up into an adult, to where they built that relationship to where um, maybe when Black Manta gets, you know, gets all, all better, um, he comes and springs Orm. Like, I felt like they didn't really build that bond. Like, I don't I don't really like the bond between those two being, well, we hate the same person. I'd rather it be more like an allegiance Manta has to Orm um, that, you know, he then grows to hate Aquaman. But it's not, well, oh, you hate him? Cool. I hate him too. Let's be friends. Like, that I didn't really like. Um, As far as uh, Willem Dafoe's character, I thought his character was fine if the purpose was he was going to die. Like, I thought Orm was going to kill him, and then I'd be like, okay, well, he served his purpose. His purpose was to let um, Arthur know that his mother didn't give up on him. It's not his fault. His mother loves him. Uh, you know, it's his responsibility to take over um, as king, and then he died. But when he lived, I was just like, yeah, he didn't do anything cool. There wasn't any cool fight scenes from him. Like, a guy who's that skilled or who's supposed to be that skilled, you don't have him fight at all? Like, <laughs> He fought Arthur out of fight, and you don't have this guy fight not once. I just, I thought that was just, it was super weird. But maybe they're setting up something super cool from him in the sequel. Who knows? But that 100% was a waste of that character, 100%. Um, overall, I, I, I really did enjoy the movie. Um, I think this does set things for Warner Brothers to go. We don't have to scrap anything. Like, this works. Hopefully Shazam works. Um, and then we have Wonder Woman the year after. Um, so, I mean, they could just start start building, building from here. This is a great start for them, uh, or a fresh start, rather. This is a great fresh start. Um, and I did hear James Wan kind of skeptic about coming back for the sequel, which really bothered me. Um, I've followed James Wan a lot through his horror career. I don't recall that many times he's done sequels to his films. Um 
so I'm really curious because you guys know that uh, that was really worrying me about uh, Brian Coogler. Uh, so Marvel kind of locked down that deal of the idea of he doesn't really seem like a guy that wants to do sequels, and he wasn't quick about signing on. Like, it took a while for that to happen. So hopefully James Wan does come back to give us a follow-up to what I thought was surprisingly maybe even my movie of the, the year, Hindsight. Um, that's how much I enjoyed this movie because I, I didn't know what to expect from it. Uh, and I left being like, man, this was a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I, I, I would, uh, I do want to add one, like, smaller critique that I had. Um, I, I really feel like they could have played out uh, Orm's motivations more. Um, like, I, I think, that, like, the, the angle that they took seemed to be, like, um, essentially he just hates the, the quote-unquote, like, land dwellers, um, and essentially, like, wants, you know, wants to, you know, seize power, seize control, because, you know, it, he, essentially they're um, more powerful, more involved, what have you, um, than, than the human race, uh, which is fine, um, but, you know, he, he does make a few lines about how um, the human race is kind of continu- continuously uh, polluted the oceans and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I actually think like it, it would have, if they had kind of leaned on that maybe a little bit more like, or, or given him a little more motivation as to why he, um, kind of despises, uh, you know, essentially despises the human race. I think it, it could have just adapted for a, a more interesting villain. And, and like, I, I, I'll, uh, say some, something like Killmonger, um, his his motivations and and the way that they go about crafting those motivations make him a much more intriguing character. Um, without those motivations being ironed out, he's a lot less intriguing, a lot more bland. Um, I don't think he he would be looked at as um, kind of one of the quintessential villains in their series. Um, I think that could have served uh, really well for um, for the character of Orm. Uh, and again, like it, it's kind of similar to you know the thing with Willem Dafoe. I don't have a problem at all with Patrick Wilson's performance. I just wish that, uh, as far as the the storytelling aspect, as far as the writing, um, that some of that could have been ironed out a little bit more. Um, but uh, but you know overall, I mean it's it's um, it doesn't make or break the movie. I just feel like it could have made it a little bit better um, had they made some of that clear. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. There were, like, little things sometimes that I wasn't exactly sure how they they, – they basically maybe I missed something or they didn't explain exactly. Like, one thing that was kind of bugging me was when the Atlanteans were coming after both Arthur – Arthur obviously is half human. But Mara, and they have their suits, and, you know, if you knock open their, their helmets, they can't breathe. I, it – um. You know, it, it it kind of I I didn't understand how Mara basically could do that and and little things like that if you if you didn't like let it bother you it wasn't a big deal but uh, either way, Joan, you wanted to make another statement. Uh, yes, um, one thing because I did hear I think it was James Wan that said that there were no discrepancies between Justice League and Aquaman like as far as like the the story goes. The one thing that I, I 
that confused me a little bit was when um, Mira kind of alluded to the fact that um, Arthur had never been to Atlantis. But in Justice League, the mother box, I thought, was in Atlantis. And if it wasn't, why would the mother box be unprotected? Like, one of the biggest sources of power. Why would that not be in Atlantis where it could be hidden and properly secured? Like, that to me was just a little a little weird and one of the reasons why you don't do a team-up movie before you do a solo. So that was just one of the small little little things that bothered me a little bit that I was just kind of like, this is this is the exact reason why we said you do solos first, then team up. So it eliminates confusion like that. But that's all I wanted to say. That just bothered me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I'm not sure. As, as far as uh, the thing, it wasn't explained, Dane, but I just kind of assumed that, so, like that they were because um, you know there's the the seven different uh, tribes or whatever of Atlantis um, and and I would just assume that like some can breathe out of water and some can't and those happen to be part of one of the tribes who couldn't um, but I, I mean I don't I don't know that it, it wasn't explained um, but I will say one thing one cool little thing that um, was rather insignificant to the movie but still kind of cool to me was essentially how they basically set up how um, humans have never been able to discover um, Atlantis because it is so far down in the ocean. Um, And, like, essentially, if you're not um, Atlantean, your eyes can't change when you go down that deep in order to see it. Um, I thought that was something that was kind of really... Um, like almost like just sprinkled in the movie that I thought was kind of interesting. And it, it, it just kind of makes for an easy explanation of, as to like why we've never discovered them. Yeah. I, here's another one that I just thought of. Another thing that kind of bothered me that maybe was explained. If, if Orm had the ability to be able to put that much trash on the surface world as a warning, why didn't he just go ahead a long time ago? Or why didn't anyone just go ahead and just get rid of all the damn trash? If it was just at their command, it seemed like a, you know, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't really respect us as humans for putting all that shit there. So I was, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I, I just, I saw certain things, but I think that we should also talk about two things. Um, one of them obviously related to this movie of where you guys would like to see the sequel go. And another one that, Jason Momoa, this whole entire time during the campaigns, he has talked to multiple people. He actually gave kind of shit to a fan who was uh, an apparent non-Henry uh, Cavill fan. But uh, he's very, very, very – and I mean, let's, let's, let's face this. This is coming from Jason Momoa. So even if he wants this to happen and he insists, it doesn't mean that's 100% going to happen. But he's insisting that Henry Cavill is coming back. Uh, here are some quotes that he was saying on uh, Entertainment Tonight. I just talked to Henry. He's absolutely not done playing Superman. Uh, He loves the character. He's not 100% not done. He insisted it's absolutely not going to happen with him leaving as the character of Superman. So that's a lot of uh, stuff. Like I said, there's other stuff on the Internet uh, that you guys can find of comments that he's made, different red carpets and different stuff for promoting this movie. Either way, I'll pass to you guys two questions. How would they develop uh, an Aquaman 2, what direction do, would you like to see them go? Um, and with this Henry Cavill, not a confirmation, but is it is it a little bit uh, positive, at least, 
or should we even think anything of it? Uh, with also, you know, kind of like you guys talking about, they, they referenced Justice League. Uh, there was apparent uh, Man of Steel um, Easter eggs throughout the movie that I didn't even notice, but I was told afterwards. So what do you think about this? Juwan, I'll pass to you. Sequel, Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. What do you think? Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's like um, Jason Momoa saying those things. One, it's what you would expect someone to say that is A, a co-star, or B, a friend of the person. And B, we all knew Henry didn't want to leave. He kind of made that crystal clear when he did the whole super Superman toy thing. Um, but the thing is, it's not his decision. It's Warner Brothers' decision. We're all waiting for Warner Brothers to decide to bring Henry Cavill back. That's that's where the problem lies. Um, I think Henry Cavill may have asked for some things that Warner Brothers didn't want to uh, oblige to, which, again, falls on Warner Brothers. Uh, we'll never know what the things are that he asked for that maybe they're they're hesitant about. Uh, I think we speculated on it, like maybe some creative control, stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, we I think we've all known that Henry didn't want to go. The only person that seems like he doesn't want to be there is Ben. Um, it, it's a Warner Brothers decision. So um, I, I, I believe him when he says it. I, I never thought Henry wanted to leave. I thought this was all um, Warner Brothers. Uh, kind of not knowing whether they wanted to reboot everything or continue with the world as they had it. Um, so I put that at the feet of Warner Brothers, not really at the feet of Henry. So I believe him when he says Henry doesn't want to go. Um, as far as where I'd like to see Aquaman go next, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea. His two biggest enemies were both his enemies in this movie. So like, unless part two is going to be us seeing Orm and Black Manta again, I, I have no idea where, where this this movie takes its next. Um, excuse me, maybe that's why uh, James Wan doesn't want to do a sequel. Maybe he was like, I gave everything I had to this part one. You, you do what you want for, for the rest of it. Um, I think that was that was one of the, the biggest confusing things heading into this movie was um, the idea of having both of them as vocal uh, parts of, of this story as a villain. Because then it's like, well, then who do you have as the solo big bad for the second one? They're both still there, and they both now exist. Um, so I, I, have, I have absolutely no idea. But um, I just hope that they keep steady with what they're doing as far as universe building and give us a damn Flash, Green Lantern, and Batman movie. That, 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 that's all I have. Hmm. I like that. Nick, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, as far as his comments, like, I'll just I'll wait and I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I... I, I I want to be optimistic that that's, you know, that we're going to get him back and maybe even get Ben back. And, you know, now that this movie's doing so well and it's been well received, it like will help, you know, push everything in the right direction. Um, but like we, it, it's, we, we spend so much time like speculating on it. And, and like, uh, I, you know, I try to be, I, I might be one of the more optimistic of us just in, in general on, on that, um, you know, on them, uh, coming back to reprise their roles. Um, but like, we just don't know. So, um, I, I, but I certainly hope that, you know, that it happens. Um, I, I know we all want to see, uh, a, a man of steel sequel. Like, I mean, that's something that we've all wanted to see for a long time. Um, and you know what, it, 
the thing is that kind of frustrates me too is like if you if you were gonna like it's just them not having their shit together, man. Because if you if you didn't want to revisit Superman for a while, like you had the perfect like opening, you know, for him at the end of Justice League to be like, you know, Steppenwolf um, could just be the beginning. I need to like g- g- fly off into space and you know figure shit out. Basically, uh, a la what happened with Thor um, in uh, I think the second Avengers movie. Um, like, I got to go figure this shit out. Uh, so, you know, I just, I think that, um, the fact that they didn't have that happen and now it's just like, oh, what Superman's just out there being Superman, but we're not going to like show you any stories. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, honestly. And like, also just like the notion that like, um, you know, that this tidal wave would have like been thrown up onto like onto the shore um and and you know be like just not be something that superman investigates uh, that like that doesn't make sense so like there i don't know there there's a lot of things that bother me about that but um i choose you know not to dwell on them as far as the sequel um uh i don't know i'm kind of like one i'm not sure where you go, my my best guess would be you really kind of explore Aquaman having to um, essentially like rule Atlantis um, would be kind of the backdrop and like him just not really liking it because <laughs> um, uh, you know I mean I feel like that's kind of the way it would go at least at first um, you know the the whole politicking side of of being a ruler doesn't seem like it would fit uh this iteration of aquaman so like i mean i think that's you know something something for them to explore um and then obviously i feel like they're going to bring back black manta um i i do like i would like to see him like get his hand chopped off and like get the the whole like hook hand that's not it's not really like a plot of a movie it's more just like something that would happen in a movie um, but that would be cool. I, I, I've like I've always liked the the way that that looked with the the like gold hook on his hand. It's pretty dope. Um, but uh, but yeah, like that. I don't know. I like and I, like Jawan said, you've used your two biggest like characters like villains. Um, so it's like where do you go from here? I think there's got to be like somebody who would be creative enough to be like, dude, let's bust out this villain like and get real weird with the sequel. Um, so it's not like just Black Manta, um, you know, basically seeking revenge, uh, throughout the whole movie. Well, since I'm here, I'll provide you with that, uh, entertainment, nice creativity, Nick. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Everything that you said, I think the whole Superman thing though, I mean, it kind of goes back to what happens in Marvel and solo films. How does it affect other characters? suspension of disbelief Superman could have been dealing with something related to that, but it wasn't actually tied into the movie. Certain things that you can do. Sure. I mean, if the, I, I think that to me, they shouldn't even worry about that type of shit. Don't worry about universe building, worry about movie building. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying completely on that. Um, my idea for the sequel is for black Manta now wants revenge more than ever. Um, develop that character a little bit more, uh, maybe even pre filming, like try to figure him out make him less cartoony, make him a good villain. Um, I think that he should try to team up with the trench. 
Um, I think they should go and delve uh, more into those creatures and how, you know, weird they are. You know, he kind of goes in, peace offer, let's take out Arthur, maybe go a couple years in the future. Arthur has his son uh, that he has with Mara. Um, he's going between, you know, Earth uh, with his father and his mother and then going back and forth with Atlantis uh, being the king and all. Um, Orm's going to be a prisoner, I think. You know, kind of keep him out of the next one. What I would do is have Black Panther, like I said, uh, team up with the Trench. You can – it's he was never a part of the Trench, but there was a, a, a villain character called uh, Cheribidos. I believe he's, he's off of a, a Greek uh, mythology monster. Uh, but anyways – that character from and you were talking about it, Nick, is a character that feeds uh Aquaman's hand to piranhas. Uh so I would actually kinda of do what the cartoon did in which take out Orm, put in Black Manta. Black Manta's trying to kill um Aquaman's kid, essentially, and within it him trying to save him, maybe they bring Cher Cherubius into it using the trench you know, as a backup to take out the Atlanteans, you know, us against them sort of shit. Uh, and Black Mander really takes the fight to him. Uh, he loses his hand throughout the whole entire thing. They install the hook. I know Joel is screaming right now if he's listening to this, but uh, it's, he does look cooler, sorry, with the, with the, uh, with the hook hand. He just does. Uh, but I think that would be really, really cool for them to go about it like that. I mean, if you want, you can trade it off and put the head of the trident instead of a fucking hook. I mean, figure it out. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with whatever, but I think that would be a cool way of going into it. Um, and I also would involve uh, the mention of uh, Black Manta having a child. And maybe, I don't know necessarily if you want to go as dark as Black Manta actually does kill his kid, because I'm pretty sure that does happen in the comic books. It um, does. It does. So you could go that route with Aquaman, and at the end of it, he kills Black Manta, maybe in front of his son, uh, but saves his son, takes him in as his own, and that sets up Calder as Aqualad in a future movie. You could make him a teenager within the film. I, I don't know how you get him there, but those are some beats that I thought of of how to do a sequel. I would definitely deal with Black Manta against them. There can also be a lot of stuff with, you know, like they kind of talked about uh, with global warming aspects involved and Atlanteans maybe going against Arthur, against the humans, not trusting him because of all that they're doing and they're not listening and wanting to make more of a presence with the human race to let them know that if they keep on doing this, they're going to rebel stuff like that. Politics, uh, a good villain. Um, and I would, like I said, I would definitely throw Aqualad. You could definitely, you could throw Garth in it and other characters. Um, but I would definitely throw Calder in it. I think that he's someone you definitely need to set up for future films. But uh, yeah, I'd say any last statements before we, we go. Yeah, really quick. I was going to say I would like the idea of Manta sneaking into uh, Atlantis and Orm kind of letting him know, like, you know, like Manta's like, you know, what can we do? Everyone in Atlantis is on is on Arthur's side, and Orm kind of lets him know there are other places you can go to seek assistance, and maybe we get Black Manta teaming up with King Shark. I just, as you were talking, man, I kept thinking of how well Flash was able to do King Shark. And then I was thinking, put King Shark in the hands of James uh, James Wan and teaming up with Black Manta, I think visually that would look sick. So that way you have Black Manta still as your main villain, but then you bring in the aesthetic of someone visually haunting like uh, a King Shark to take on Arthur. Maybe King Shark bites off his arm, so like everyone gets what they want. Um, but that was just an idea that I was throwing around. 
I like that. That's a good idea too. I like it, it maybe a team up in aspects, but that's another good villain. They need to use the the little amount of villains that Aquaman has in the sequels. <laughs> Whoever they can kind of get together. But yeah, certain beats within the film, uh, more so of what I'm going, if you change out one for the other, King Shark's also a good reason of how he loses his hand. He gets it bitten off. So I like that. Um, what, what do you think, Nick? Any final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like yeah, I, I, mean, I like uh, kind of your, your kind of outline of it. Um, like, I mean, I, I think probably the biggest thing to me that I liked that you had mentioned was um, essentially the, the, the politics of him uh, trying to, to lead Atlantis uh, and maybe there being some pushback or, or, or some of them being kind of afraid to unveil themselves. Um, like little things like that, I think could just make it, you know, make it really interesting and, and, you know, basically add a lot of conflict for, you know, our protagonists to have to overcome, um, you know, and, and, and kind of set the backdrop for sort of civil unrest, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, all the meanwhile, him having to deal with these, um, sort of nefarious agents, uh, like Manta, King Shark, et, et cetera. I mean, I, I think that would be pretty interesting. I think that would be a, a, a smart approach for them. Absolutely. And I guess, I mean, as long as we get politics, as long as we get him losing his hand, and um, yeah, I, I, I guess, and maybe his kid dying. And all, of course, Calder. Those are the things that we want, Warner Brothers. We want you to turn this awesome action movie discovery movie into a Greek tragedy. So if you could do that for us, that would be great. That will sign off on our comments about Aquaman. I'll definitely go get your own opinion, check it out for yourself, um, and uh, enjoy it. Uh, let's move on, guys, to some news. Um, all right. Let's get back into gear. All right, so apparently Kevin Feige could have greenlit uh, on Fox-related characters within the first six months uh, of, of next year, um, basically, we, we found out not too long ago that the deal between Fox and Disney should be done very soon, actually, way sooner than all of us thought. And now, you know, in an interview that, that you can find on our fabulous website of uh, GVNation.com, everyone, that's GVNation.com, Geek Vibes for the GV, uh, Tia, our wonderful, one of our wonderful writers, uh, had an article um, with uh, basically – the title of it was Marvel President Reflects on MCU's Run and Development with the X-Men Characters. Now, it goes into his whole entire past history of working on different superhero characters. I think the main thing um, the main thing was a quote that he said uh, about, we've been told it looks very, very good and could happen in the first six months of next year. The notion of the characters coming back is great. It's nice when a company that created all these fantastic characters can have access to all those characters. It's unusual not to, honestly, but in terms of actually thinking about it and actually planning things, we haven't started that yet. So they haven't made exact decisions, but they're going to have the opportunity to be able to use either elements to build these new characters from Fox, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, their villains, or even developing, if they want to try to, like, really some fast speed into production, uh, some of these characters potentially in the next, like, not too uh, long of a, of a time. It's crazy. Uh, Nick, how do you feel? 
about this statement and how do you feel about knowing that the X-Men are coming home even faster than we all thought? Well, first of all, first of all, this statement is bullshit <laughs> because there is no fucking way that, that, that like Feige and, and that team haven't thought about like what they're going to do. You're talking about a dude who, um, essentially had two different scripts written, commissioned two different versions of civil war based on whether or not they were going to be able to use Spider-Man. Like, I, I, they may not have anything finalized, uh, but they've definitely, I guarantee you, they've kicked plenty of ideas around of what to do when they get those characters. Um, I, I just, I, I think it, there's no real point in him saying, oh, well, we know what we're going to do because then everybody's going to keep asking him, oh, well, what are you going to do? So, um, so I understand, you know, why he wants to keep a lid on everything, and that's that's just Feige's way. But I definitely think they've they've uh, had plenty of brainstorming sessions as far as like what what they can do with these characters. Um, but as far as like you know them getting X Men and, and Fantastic Four in there and all that, like I man, it's just super exciting. Um, especially you know the X Men like to get to see um, sort of those characters. Um, which are, you know, some of my favorite characters interact with all, all of these other uh, MCU um, characters that they've they've spent so much time and, and effort in building up. Uh, I mean, that just it's super super exciting, and just the notion that we could actually get a good Fantastic Four movie um, that's also like really cool. So uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 pumped. Uh, obviously, and the fact that it's only six, possibly only six months away until they um, essentially secure the characters and the ability to use them, um, that makes me think that we're probably only, I would say, two years away from them, like get, like from us actually getting a movie that has, um, it's like main focus is some of those properties that they get back, whether it be an X-Men movie, whether it be a Fantastic Four movie, um, whether it be Galactus or Dr. Doom involved some way, somehow, um, like all of these things, uh, will be possible. I think we pretty much know, um, you know, we're going, we're going to get far from home and then there's three movies that they already have, um, you know that are that are going to be coming out in 2020. Um, I think a Black Widow movie, um, and there's been some other rumors kicked around, um, but I don't think any of those are going to be um, these new newer properties, or the properties that they're getting back. But I think in 2021, and especially looking at 2022, um, is when we can you know realistically expect to see um, all of these characters in the fold. Absolutely, and I definitely need to see what everyone's been waiting for, and that's an Impossible Man movie. You know what I'm fucking saying? The Green Dude? That would be awesome. Right? Right? I think it would be cool. How about a Mole Man movie? Now, I mean, they have those capabilities now. It's going to be fantastic. But in all seriousness, if I were to like be honest uh, compared to those last two, is that Joe Russo re- recently said that he would love uh, Noah Hawley's Doctor Doom to introduce the character and just let that be Fuck in the yeah. fucking universe. And I still would love that idea if they could do that. Okay, but if they can't yeah. swing it, that's fine. It would be awesome, though, from from what I think. Um, Juwan, what do you think about 
all this, uh, the statements, uh, are you excited about it at all? Uh, yeah, no, I am excited, but the, the only thing that this makes me kind of sad about is that um, uh, Endgame won't have an end credit scene of any of the Fox characters um, because, obviously, it's too early. So, I mean, that that's the one thing that does make me sad. I was holding out a shred of hope that we could possibly get an in-credit scene of someone, um, whether it's Norman buying the, uh, the the old Stark, just something, something that may, lets me know, like, yes, um, Fox characters are finally back home and we're getting a mention of it. Uh, not Norman, I'm sorry, Fantastic Four. Reed, um, yeah. Right, right, yes, thank you. Um, I will say one thing that is interesting about him saying that in the timetable of it is um, we did get reports, uh, and I remember saying that I thought this was a possibility a while ago, Feige had um, a hand in uh, the script for the new X-Men movie uh, that comes out next year. Um, We've always been under the assumption that whenever Feige got the rights back, he was definitely going to recast it. but the guy who, I believe the director who directed um, the new X-Men film did say, you know, that these characters would be, uh, would have a future. Um, so when he said that, I immediately thought, wow, him saying that and Feige kind of working, you know, with him a little bit, you know, obviously behind the scenes uh, with the script and stuff, that's really interesting. I don't recall ever hearing Feige do that outside of the MCU. Um, in the past decade uh, that the MCU has, has been around. So I thought that was really interesting. I thought maybe he was seeing what, you know, what he might like about these characters. Like, I mean, because at the end of the day, I think we can all agree. Like, out of everybody from that cast, James McAvoy and, um, God, I can't Michael remember Fassbender. his name. The guy who plays, yes, Michael Fassbender. You can't really look at those guys and go, yeah, I don't need them. Uh, I mean, right. obviously you can, but it's like it's really difficult because like you you think about after seeing Patrick Stewart and Ian McK- like seeing those two guys make those make that those roles iconic. The first thing I know a lot of us thought was there's no way you can get two other guys to come in, especially younger, and do even close to what those two guys did. And then boom, it happened. So it's like I mean, can Kevin Feige still recast them? Of course, but it's like I think his interest. Has, has peaked a little bit. There was something from this movie he liked that maybe, who knows, he might he might transfer over. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be completely against him keeping just those two and recasting everybody else, but I do also like some of the other cast members from that X-Men film. So, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's a little, excuse me, um, funny that the timeline for when they're able to start getting in production with these characters is right around the time when um, I believe that X-Men movie comes out or a little before it. Um, So I think that that's a little interesting. I'm not saying that it's connected whatsoever. I'm just saying I find it interesting um, that the two kind of somewhat line up. But, yes, I am super excited about it and what it means for the future. Um, But that is what I'm paying attention to the most because that stood out to me once I I heard the, um, the quote from him about the timetable for when they could really use these characters. Yeah, I, uh, to me, I think that's a coincidental, uh, you know, um, goodbye, if you will, with the characters lining up with those dates. I think that Kevin Feige's going to want to redo completely everything and just gut it and just try it himself. 
I mean, especially for Hugh Jackman, even, uh, I would love for it not to be the case, but I, I'm pretty sure he wants, it's kind of like how it's going to be really hard for Venom to become a part of the MCU because it wasn't started by Kevin Feige. He didn't really have a lot to do with creatively with that movie. So it, since his essence isn't there, I don't, it's, it, that's going to be harder than I think a lot of fans want. So to me, I think the same thing about keeping the older actors. I love Michael Fassbender. There's plenty of people that he could play with in comic books. Uh, just tell him, you know, to stay away from the video game properties uh, for a while. And I, I, I love, I love a lot of the actors that they've gotten for those roles. I just don't, I think that, and I've said in the past, I said, you know, if they use this Phoenix movie to stop with the Phoenix destroying everything, and then they start over with the same, you know, people, like no one, maybe besides Jean Grey knows uh, what happened before that, and they're just in the MCU, and they kind of just try to hodgepodge it. That would be very hard to do as well. So I, I have no idea, but we'll find out. Um, I just, I could see him. I want him to keep like a younger base cast because that's what the X-Men were and kind of keep on going to that vibe. I don't need them to be in their late thirties, forties, which kind of goes against a, uh, you know, something else we'll go over in a little while, but any last statements about this before we move on? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I I think we're going to get a whole new cast. Um, And while I do agree with Jawan too, that like, it's going to suck losing, especially Fassbender, um, but, but McAvoy as well. Um, I, I, they're, they're, you know, it, it, just like it, it sucked losing McKellen um, and Sir Patrick Stewart himself. Um, it, it, you know, we were, they were able to find people to, to capture the essence of those roles. And we it, it kind of, you know, were quick to be like, all right, like, it's okay. Like, we're cool with this. Um, and I think, you know, I, I have so much faith in, in Feige to do the same thing. And, you know, I, this, the X-Men, like, series, I mean, it's been going on for, like, almost 20 years. Like, it, it, it's, it wouldn't be the worst thing to, like, put a bow on this one um, and kind of start fresh with some new stories, um, take a look at, at different things that they haven't done yet, um, explore. There's so many awesome X-Men storylines. Um, there's some essentials. Obviously, you got to have uh, Magneto as your kind of primary villain in there. Um, but, you know, there's so many different things that they can explore and do um, with these characters um, that, I, I mean, I would just kind of prefer. Um, and I do agree, Dane, I would, I would prefer for the core group to be younger. Um, I wouldn't necessarily mind, like, if you're starting with, like, the very original X-Men, have all of them be young, um, like, you know, Spider-Man age. Uh, and then, but like a lot of your other characters can be older, a la Wolverine, Storm. Um, like Storm could be older, so she fits better with Black Panther um, kind of deal. Uh, Gambit Rogue, like all the characters that they, they bring in later um, can be older. But I, I would like to see like the original characters be that 16 to 18 kind of mark um, for, for your core group. Absolutely. Jawan, any other last statements before we move on? Yes. Uh, one really quick thing to add to what Nick just said about Black Panther. I also find it a little uh, a little funny that we don't have a date for Black Panther. Uh, I think mainly because Kugler really, really, really liked the idea 
of adding Storm and Black Panther um, for the first one, but obviously he couldn't. Um, so now it makes me think, like, man, are we going to get the X-Men introduced before Black Panther so that's possible, or are they fast-tracking Black Panther 2 that it comes out before any X-Men project? So that's something I'm also looking uh, looking out for. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's something that they can definitely do, just have these characters pop up in different places uh, mm-hmm. to develop them with the worlds. You know, Storm with Black Panther, uh, Doctor Doom also with that Black Panther could be a villain uh, used. And, you know, all the Fantastic Four in Marvel. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, the Fantastic Four with Spider-Man, you know, you could have all of them between the Invisible Woman thing, Fantastic Four, or possibly even the Human Torch. And speaking of the Human Torch, and, you know, the, the amount of heat that he puts off, that kind of reminds me of one of our sponsors. So I'm going to kick it over to Nick to talk about one of our sponsors, Action Heat. Nick, tell us about Action Heat. Indeed, sir. Well, winter's here, uh, and the coldest months are still ahead of us. January and February are going to be so cold, guys. Uh, and you know what that means you got to dig out some bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Uh, we say nay. We have a much better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat similar to a heated car seat. Clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. Uh Believe me, these were some good Christmas gifts. Uh, my uh, my relatives definitely enjoyed uh, the various Action Heat things that I got them uh, as their stocking stuffers and gifts. Uh, it's 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 a was definitely a clutch buy. Um, if you didn't get anything uh, for Christmas in your stockings, then I highly recommend you go out and get some uh, for yourself, or you know, just like a, a nice little like New Year's gift for somebody, because. Uh, because these items are amazing, uh, and, they, and they just do the trick so well. Uh, they are available in men's and women's attire. Uh, they have great new styles and are very reasonably priced, starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GEEK, that's G-E-E-K, at checkout and get 20% off. So go to actionheat.com. Enter the promo code GEEK at checkout and get 20% off your order. You can't control the weather, weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. Back to you, Dane. Thank you very much. And sticking on the subject, talking about the possibilities, like we do every other fucking month, of the Fox <laughs> character coming back to Marvel, talking about casting ideas, where they can go with it. I've already said, personally, that I think was a bold choice that Denzel Washington would do a better job than both Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender as the role of Magneto. So bring it on with all the hate. Go to my Twitter page, because guess what? I don't even know what the fucking password is, so yell at me. Go for it. Bring it on. Either way, a little fan casting was sought up, if you will, with the, uh, the world of geeks uh, recently when Keanu Reeves was being interviewed and was asked if he'd like to ever play the role of Batman, to which he said that he would prefer to play the role of Wolverine over Batman because to him there's more for him to do as an actor. Very uh, 
very, very cool to hear an actor that at one point was, you know, noted for saying stuff like, Xiong. But regardless, Keanu definitely has transitioned throughout the last couple of years to become a serviceable actor. Definitely a good action star. He's not the height requirements, especially for people like Joel and me, because, you know, it's a fucking Wolverine. You know, it's that's the reason why he's shorter. He's like, I think he's like, what, 5'3"? I don't know. He's short as hell. 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, three. Five, five, three, five, yeah, exactly. Um, is, you know, reflecting of a Wolverine, which is a small, dangerous critter, kind of in the Badger family, but smaller, but can beat the shit out of it and, you know, hold it with most larger predators, or at least scare them. So I get the desire not to want to have someone who's 6'1 again play the role. Uh, he's also a little bit older than I'd want. Um, you know, I want Logan to be, he doesn't have to be too young because he's, you know, he's aged way more than he looks. So he's going to be way older. It's going to be creepy with him and Jean Grey regardless is what I'm trying to fucking say. But the whole relationship between them, Cyclops, they're going to be younger. That is something to think about. Either way, I got to admit, I kind of like the idea of Keanu Reeves playing Wolverine, and I can't believe I never thought about it, and I can't believe I'm even fucking saying it. But mainly because of John Wick, the, the, the concept of him playing the role is intriguing. Do I want it to happen? Probably not. I've given the reasons of why they should probably go for a different person. Um, I'm Like normal, I'm just going to throw out. If you get a shorter actor that's really good with acting, even if he doesn't, or if maybe people haven't seen a role of him playing that style character, I would stay, stay there for who I'm about to suggest. Um, but visually it just doesn't come off. I think that if you gave it to a Shia LaBeouf or even a Daniel Radcliffe, who are pretty short dudes, stop them up and tried and let them, you know, do the whole acting thing, then you could probably get someone really well, good for the role that's younger that would work. But what do I know? Also, I once again have suggested Shia LaBeouf as Wolverine. So once again, hate Dane Alves, uh, Twitter, look me up. <laughs> just give it to me. Uh, I don't really give a shit. Uh, teach your own. Either way, it's, it, it, it's a cool idea. And since we basically are proving that we don't have shit to talk about, let's talk about this. Um, first, Juwan, what do you think about Keanu possibly playing Wolverine? I think I prefer it as a one-off more so than him being Wolverine for a long extended period of time. Like, if maybe Hugh Jackman couldn't have done Logan, I think Keanu Reeves would have been really interesting to, to see do Logan. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, to me, John Wick, uh, when when that movie franchise started, that changed my mind on, on Keanu Reeves. Like, I just always thought he was just, like, blessed. And I was just like, oh, man, he kind of makes this blessing, like, really interesting. <laughs> And the idea of him bringing aspects of John Wick to Wolverine, I think, could work. But do I want it, like, over, like, eight to possibly ten movies? I don't think so. Um, but would I like it some, like, maybe Hulk versus Wolverine as, like, a one-off? Yeah, I think he'd be, like, really interesting in that role. Um, I also don't know what Reeves would look like in that costume. So it'd be interesting to see the look of the next Wolverine will be, will it be him quite like Hugh Jackman to where he never has a costume or will we see a more comic accurate costume uh, 
Wolverine will, will be interesting, but I don't hate it is, is what I'm trying to say out of everything. I don't hate it. I just don't know if I want it for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I, for some reason, want to make him a vampire. I don't know if that's something to do with, the, you know, the original Dracula. He would have been a great people. Morbius. That's what he I was going to say. a really good Morbius. I think that him for as Michael Morbius, or even if you did Tomb of Dracula to reintroduce Blade and had Dracula, you know, the, the Marvel compost character Dracula, he would be a good portrayal of that character, and you can kind of, like I said, bounce Blade off of that. He's been a villain to uh, Blade and both also an ally to him. So they can kind of open up that relationship. He would be good. I think that people wouldn't want that so much because of the fact that he's provided a lot of great uh, live-action martial arts, that he does a lot of his own stunts. So you probably want someone that can do hand-to-hand, obviously shown by The Matrix and John Wick's um, movies. But maybe that's not really that important. Uh, Nick, what do you think about Keanu? What, do you like how I always do Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Playing Wolverine, and could you see him potentially playing another character, possibly Marvel or DC, or, or whatever? Doesn't matter. Give me anything. Could he play Super Mario? Well, for Christmas? since uh, since Joel's not here, I, I'm going to steal his line and say I don't hate it, um, but at the same time, like he he wouldn't be my first choice by any means. Um, but here's the thing. I, one reason why I do like the idea and just more so like Keanu Reeves getting like a role in the MCU in general, um, he is kind of seemingly like one of the most likable Hollywood movie stars. Um, and that group of, of actors in the MCU seem to like really get along with one another. They seem to be like really kind of tight knit. Um, they all seem to be pretty likable people. And so I think he would like fit in ultimately, um, you know, whereas, you know, some, some other actors um, who are more maybe a little harder to work with or what have you, um, you know, might not necessarily fit in. Uh, so, cough, I mean, cough, that, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to name any names, but, uh, yeah, um, she definitely comes to mind. Um, you know, a Tom Cruise maybe. Uh, and the funny thing is with, uh, with the whole, like, uh, doing stunts and, you know, digital de-aging that he does and his height, um, God, he would actually, like, kind of work as Wolverine. Like, I don't I don't want to admit that, but, I mean, he kind of would. And Tom Cruise is, like, a really damn good, like, actor just in general. Like, people, like, seem to forget that. Um, but it's like, dude, if you don't think Tom Cruise is a good actor, then you've never seen Born on the Fourth of July. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, Seriously, like I mean, he's he's probably a little too old for the role, um, and a little too difficult. Um, but he would actually like fit a lot of the criteria of what I want in in my Wolverine. Um, but uh, but I digress. Um, I, I yeah, I mean, I I think he would be fine as Wolverine. I think he would. I mean, he, he's definitely at the very least. He, he's he doesn't look old. Like he's got that same like Paul Rudd thing going on where he hasn't aged in like twenty years. Um, and Hugh Jackman for that matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's uh, kind of other better choices out there. Um, uh, but I, I mean, if I was Feige, I would definitely be considering it. Um, because I mean, uh, though I would want a more comic accurate version of the character, I, I, I would really, I wouldn't be mad if, if Keanu got the nod. Um, but yeah, like just giving him something, uh, in that universe, 
um, would be really cool. Uh, like I would just like to see him operate in it, uh, at least as a even as a villain. If they if they put him in as a villain, I think it could still be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, as far as that is concerned, that that's I mean kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I forget you had a second question. I'm sorry, I forgot it. I was rambling. Um, I don't know if there was a second one really. Um, okay, cool. We're good then. Uh. I, I will tell you that I was jumping up and down on a couch when you were suggesting the Tom Cruise as Wolverine. Um, that was <laughs> I don't want really good, matter. right? No, not, but, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it would be great. It's too damn wholesome to play it. It's the same, it's the same thing like when um, Boss Logic, as a, as a joke, someone suggested Zac Efron. And so he said, yeah. fuck it, and he did it. But it's like Zac Efron's too much of a pretty boy for me, even if you make him look like Wolverine, for me to be like – and I think Zac Efron's a great actor. I, I, I think that you know a lot of people don't give him enough credit because they haven't seen movies with him in it. And I, I think that Tom Cruise is a great actor. I just don't – he doesn't – He I, I feel like I could probably you know not take Tom Cruise in a fight, but I could probably make him cry if I talk to him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I You know what? Screw all that. You know who I want? I want Danny DeVito. That's my Wolverine. Hashtag my Wolverine. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, that'd be great. Another person, you know, we've been talking about this, this character getting a film for a while, and there seems to be a lot of interest. He's a martial arts character. It's very similar to Batman, but he's a little more crazy in the head. What, not, what about Moon Knight? Uh, you know, that's... That could be someone that they can give Keanu that he can kind of like really create, like put sink his juices into of creativity, if you will. I don't like it. Whether it sounds like he's from California or kind of the Midwest, you know, with his accent. What were you going to say, Juwan? No, I was just going to say, or the question. I think the question would be, I thought it was tailor-made for Carl Urban, but now I'm kind of like, Keanu Reeves wouldn't be, wouldn't be a bad question. Like, I think he'd be pretty good. Um, the level of skepticism and conspiracy theories, I think Keanu Reeves could definitely pull that off. I like that, and it's not a Marvel or DC character per se, but what about the Shadow, if they ever wanted to redo that character and really pump into, you know, a, a good movie um, this time? Not that I really hated the one with Alec Baldwin, it's just, you know, I mean, that's early 90s. Anyway, let's move on, guys. Uh, let's let's talk about another thing kind of related to all of this uh, as far as talking about the Fox characters. Adam McKay, director of Vice, The Big Short, and Anchorman, wants to make a Silver Surfer movie. I think that anyone that is, thinks that based on his past work, he probably wouldn't be a good person to choose has to look at the list, the laundry list, if you will, of people that have defied that concept, especially the Russo brothers, who have yeah. provided some in-depth movies, and they came from a comedic television background. So I'll just say that when it comes to Adam McKay as a director, he is a damn good director. He knows how to make good films. Vice looks amazing. I, I have gotten to the point where, you know, with Christmas parties and, and somehow that movie always got brought up, I always love telling people, like, hey, did you know that was Christian Bale? And a lot of people did not love being right. that provider. Um, but, yeah, it just – The Big Short was a great film. And 
his, you know, when you when you look at a director, or at least when I look at a director, I'm not looking so much at what he normally makes. It's his style for those set films that he has made that I'm looking for the next film. So with Silver Surfer, it seems a little bit strange, but like I said, given what the Russo brothers have done, um, even Lord and Miller with a lot of different aspects of, of stuff that they've worked on in the past that could have been, you know, taken very, very uh, childish, if you will. Silver Surfer is a very, very unique character. Uh, he is very cosmic. He enters the aspects of the universe that they kind of started going towards with Thanos and even Doctor Strange in a weird way because it kind of it's a blend of everything for that character. Um, introducing Galactus, you know, um, maybe some of the other heralds, uh, which would be awesome, um, and and just how they got there, uh, Eternity, you know, Infinity. There's so many cosmic beings, the Living Tribunal. Um, all those characters can be actually fleshed out for the first time with this character and a lot of other space-based characters. But Silver Surfer, you know, because of Galactus, goes over the vast Marvel universe itself. Not so much space, but even going past that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, w- I would be completely down. I would be down with him making a Silver Surfer if he wanted to take the same type of kind of creative approach with an Adam Warlock, you know, if Silver Surfer's on hold. That's also someone that's kind of like similar in aspects to the Silver Surfer. So I, I like this idea. I, it's very out of the box. Um, Juwan, what, what do you think about the, the idea of Adam McKay working on a Silver Surfer movie or just an MCU movie period? Um, I'm fine with it. Uh, I have the same mindset for this gentleman that I had for James Wan when I heard he wanted to do Aquaman. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's obviously a fan because it's one of those characters that's like, Silver Surfer, that's where you went? But it's like you must be a fan of it enough to want that project. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. If you told me back when Saw came out, like James Wan would be doing a superhero movie, I would immediately tell you, like, oh, that superhero movie has to be, like, Lobo. Like, it can't be Aquaman. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have thought it'd be Aquaman. And it worked. Um, Russo Brothers, coming from the comedy edge. Um, I, if you ask me, like, hey, don't you see these guys doing one of the best comic book movies ever? No. <laughs> and then Winter Soldier happened. So I'm starting to run out of uh, reasons to think people in different areas can't do superhero movies because, if anything, it's showing us that people from those different areas are really good at doing superhero movies. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Uh, Silver Surfer is a character that I would love to see. Um, I kind of would like Galactus to be teased before we get Silver Surfer because I don't want Silver Surfer to come, then we have to wait for the idea of Galactus unless you're – you're introducing Galactus in a big way right when that movie comes out. Like, if you're telling me that movie comes, then you're setting up Galactus to be the next big bad over the course of five years or a decade for the MCU, then sure. Um, but I, I tell you what, this isn't the kind of character that, that you get and you fumble. So if he wants it, I really ho- I, I hope he has a really good idea for it um, and he gives us the best possible Silver Surfer. Uh, but as far as liking it, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. I'd love to see that character brought to the big screen. Nick, what color do you like more between magenta and peach? Uh, I'm going to have to go with peach. Magenta's just a little 
it's a little too late 80s, early 90s for me, just to be honest. Um, but I digress. Um, no, I think uh, I think McKay would be awesome, uh, like a, a really good choice. Um, I actually saw Vice yesterday. Um, dude, Christian Bale, it, it is ridiculous. Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's great. I think the the um, I think it's well done. Um, I think because I knew so much of the story, uh, like I I knew a lot about Cheney. Um, it didn't make it as interesting to me as The Big Short. It's very similar in structure to The Big Short, um, but uh, but I didn't know as much about the home lending crisis and all that stuff. Um, so it was like I got to learn a lot of stuff along the way, whereas a lot of the stuff that you learn along the way in this I already knew. Um, so it, it, it wasn't it didn't have that same element to me. But I will say this: the acting in it is superb. Uh, and the directing is fantastic. Um, he, he's, he's such an interesting director. Um, and, and honestly, it kind of like, I would be interested to see what his take would be on, um, on a superhero movie. And in fact, there is actually, um, uh, like a scene in Vice, uh, that shows like a picture of Galactus. Um, it, it, at, in a comic book, um, when like comparing uh, Dick Cheney to uh, something, I don't want to like get get too heavy involved in it, but um, but so he actually shows like a comic uh, featuring Galactus in the movie, um, in one of his weird little outtakes of the movie, uh, and I, like so I think he probably really likes the character. Because um, if he put Galactus, like if he put a medium with Galactus as a reference in the movie, um, he obviously has some love for the character. And let's not forget, he wrote Ant Man, um, like so he obviously knows what he would be getting into as far as what would be acceptable for him to do uh, within the MCU, and and like what would be off limits, and um, so like. The, the notion, like, sometimes that scares me a little too much when directors that, like, have such a um, uh, a way of doing it their way. It's like, you could, I could never see Tarantino doing an MCU movie for, well, for m- m- a ton of reasons, but namely because it would be a Tarantino movie. Um, whereas, like, I think given that he has written for them before, uh, he knows what he would be getting into, um, and and mainly like, dude, especially after seeing this movie and just following him for so long, like if you could get Adam McKay like on board with it, and uh, he already is. If you, but if you actually like greenlit it and did a Silver Surfer movie, I bet you he could get Christian Bale to be Silver Surfer, and that would be fucking awesome. Like, so yeah, I'm like a hundred percent on board with this. I would love it. Um, and yeah, Christian Bale, like, dude, it, 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 like I said, the, the movie it, in and of itself, um, was, was a good movie that I thought was kind of boring at parts. Um, uh, it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. Um, but his performance is really good. Like he really captures all of the little mannerisms that Cheney had, uh, or has, and, uh, like, I 
definitely will be surprised if he doesn't at least get a nomination uh, for best uh, uh, best actor because I mean, whew, it was really really impressive. All right, how about Christian Bale as Cheney as Galactus? Huh? <laughs> uh, that works on a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did like that uh, throwing you throwing uh, Christian Bale out there. I was also going to throw an actor, and I'm going to pass it to Jawan to see if he's got one. Mine is Mahershala Ali. Um, I know that he was a part of the cage. You're not going to be able to obviously see him other than being a silver being. Uh, the, uh, the the character of Norn Rad is actually a badass character. The fact that he talks Galactus out of destroying his planet by taking him as a herald to spare it. Um, you know, similar similar uh, elements of a character, at least from Martian Manhunter, but different ways of how it got there. Um, yep. and he ends up being a of his kind. I'm pretty sure Galactus just goes ahead and wipes out the planet afterwards anyways. But uh, either way, yeah, I like that. Christian Bale, you got Marshali, Juwan. Do you have anyone in mind to play Silver Surfer? Uh, see, the weird thing with Silver Surfer uh, with me is I don't – I personally don't want an actor to, like, physically play him. I just want a voice. Um, so if you're telling me I'm just getting just a voice, Mahershala Ali is perfect. Um, I personally would love uh, one or two guys, Henry Lennox or um, – Oh, God, I forgot his name. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne to come back. Uh, I thought he did a great job in a very horrible movie. Uh, But (laughs) the voice work he did was compelling. I loved it. I thought it was spot on. Um, But Henry Lennox is somebody that if I could never get him to be Martian Manhunter, (laughs) I think him doing the voice for Silver Surfer would be a lot of fun. Um, But Mahershala, I'm completely fine with that. I just, I don't know. It's weird. I have something against Silver Surfer being the, the person that's, that's doing the the motion form, also being the voice. I don't know why. Don't ask me, but I just prefer the voice. But either either of those three are are, are good with me. Well, I tell I you what, because if you if you if you got Christian Bale, um, you could be willing to bet that he would get like in the perfect kind of shape for it. He'd shave all his fucking hair off. Like he would he would definitely like do everything necessary to look as much like that character as he needed to because uh let's face it uh i mean damn did he look like Cheney in this movie and like uh i know Dane's seen it i don't know if you have Juwan but if you've ever seen the machinist uh <laughs> god he he was like 100 pounds soaking wet uh for that role so um, he's definitely got the dedication angle with any of the roles that he chooses to play. I think it's because Jawan's, you know, he's used to seeing like the the Silver Surfer, the last movie where he looked like a polygon basically from, from Super Smash Bros. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. I think with with modern CGI, you know, it, it it shouldn't matter. You know, you're right about that. It should be more about the voice, but you can probably make him look great and also have the person do the physical acting as well as the vocal acting. But yeah, he's not someone that you got to worry about it as much. You can look at Colossus from Deadpool. That's like three different people making that one. Yeah, my, my biggest, my biggest issue is what I don't want is for people to go, Oh no. Like he doesn't look like you don't have to look like silver surfer. He should just be, you should do the CGI form or the motion capture. The voice is the only thing to me that's important of silver surfer. 
Like, picture someone who looks like them but sounds nothing like what you'd want Silver Surfer to sound like. That's what I don't want. So if you're telling me that I could get a great voice like some of the names you guys have brought up, that's all I'm concerned with because he is an alien. So he doesn't doesn't matter if he's black, white, none of that matters is what I'm trying to say. So at the end of the day, the voice is the biggest thing to me because you could cast it right with someone who looks like it, has the body, but then you hear him talk and you're like, no, I'm sorry, guy. That that's that's horrible. So that's why I said the names that you guys said are perfect because their voices I could hear in my head, and now that's that's what I envision Silver Surfer as is that voice. Well, and, and that's what I. And it's, go ahead, I'm sorry. It's interesting because, like, I mean, it, the voice for Silver Surfer is like whatever he would sound like to you in your head. Um, like, I don't think there's necessarily like, like. Like, obviously, we don't want him to sound like, you know, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. But, like, I mean, there, like, there, I think there's a lot of different ways you could go with that. Um, like, I guess probably what I have sort of most in my head would be kind of like a Dr. Manhattan, um, if you will. Uh, like, the way that he sounded and talked. Um, but, like, what y'all have in your head might be completely different. So, like, there's a lot of different ways that you could go with that. Now I just have like a silver penis in my head, floating. <laughs> and anyways, um, but yeah, it should be very interesting to find out if this ever even happens, you know. And I can't wait to find a place for Silver Surfer in this vast MCU that we've built. Uh, let's talk about one more thing related to Marvel, or not Marvel, I should say Disney, uh, before we move on to some other topics. Uh, guys, we got the, uh, the first pictures, um, from Aladdin and, um, people were pissed. People were, <laughs> they were really mad. <laughs> they were mad. Uh, I mean, between not being able to read the fucking article and finding out that Will Smith says that the pictures of him are in his disguise and that he will definitely be blue and CGI throughout the course of the movie. They were mad about that. So they were mad about not reading which is fine. They were mad about other headlines confirming that one part just to like emphasize that for you. They didn't see that part. So they were pissed off about that. They were pissed off that apparently wasn't like Arabian looking enough. Um, yeah, really? there, there was, there was a lot of outrage and um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I thought that the fucking pictures were fine. I, I, don't, <laughs> I guess that didn't really bother me that badly. I think that people just need to go and take walks. I'm not even worried about your physical health and shit. I'm and think, just just do something. Maybe just this outrage over 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 nothing. I'm sorry, it's over nothing, guys. This movie coming out is not going to delete your original copy with Rob providing the voice for the fucking genie that we understand that you don't want to get over. <sighs> I digress. I'm going to pass to someone. <laughs> A brain aneurysm. Um, yeah, you saw these lovely photos. How the fuck did you think of them? Like, what did you do? Did your head they explode? Look, uh, no, they looked fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it like it was funny because I mean we saw it on our own page, like people being like, like not like I don't want to say like outraged, but just being like 
like, oh, this looks like that, or this looks like that, or this, this, you know, blah 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 is not doesn't look cool. I thought I thought, oh, fucking love. I I absolutely love what Joel says. Like when when one of our members, uh, who I won't name, but like uh, he, he's a frequent commenter, and we love that he comments a lot. Um, but uh, when when he said uh, that you know he, he wasn't gonna spend any money on this, blah blah blah. Um, Joel so perfectly put it, like, oh, damn, dude, Disney's, like, they're, they're shaking in the boots that they're going to lose your money, like, <laughs> like, uh, so that was good, uh, but anyway, like, yeah, it's, it's faux outrage, um, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, it's like, sometimes you just can't please everybody, like, I mean, that's really what it boils down to, um, I think this movie's going to turn out to be fine. I like I think it's going to be good um mainly because they have everything in place. Like they already made a good movie. They're just remaking a good movie. So it's probably going to still be a good movie. Um would be my guess. I mean, that's kind of been the model that they've um you know, built with these live action retellings of their uh of their cartoon movies. Um, but yeah, the images were fine. Like the, I, I thought they actually looked really cool. Um, you, you know, particularly the, the, um, one showing off, uh, Aladdin in like his attire, um, I think looks pretty cool and interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to the movie and I don't understand why, um, people choose to get upset about, um, first look images of a fucking movie like <laughs> i don't get it but then again i'm sure i get upset about stupid shit that other people are like why would you get upset about that well you know like i don't know maybe i wanted to keep luka Doncic, you know shit like that so yeah so I, I don't, I don't know what I'm about i figured that i thank you for that explanation uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's Entertainment Weekly or uh, Entertainment whatever. The, whoever the fuck makes these pictures, always these first it's looks. It's EW. You're right. They're just it's not. EW. Oh, uh, they're 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 just not that good. Let me just say that it's usually something like it's it's production stuff. You know, the lighting's not right. I, I think everyone remembers the Avenger or the X Men Apocalypse pictures. Uh, just whatever, but um. Yeah, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Uh, I, I I think that everything's going to be fine. Um, speaking about loud, uh, obnoxious, aggressive, like, energy, I really hope that they choose to bring back Gilbert Gottfried to play Iago. I don't care about anyone else specifically besides that. I think that he's kind of important to bring back as that obnoxious bird. Either way, um, Juwan. What do you think about the pictures? And if you could have your own parakeet that talked like Gilbert Gottfried, would you would you love him and cherish him forever? A hundred percent. I would want to die with that bird. Um, I would actually like that bird to officiate my wedding. Just every every major thing in life, I'd want that bird. To yeah, life, I love um, it. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, but as far as the, the pictures. I'm indifferent because I, I I have no interest in this movie to begin with, so I'm not going to be fake outraged at, at the pictures because that would insinuate that I had a level of interest before the pictures, and then the pictures ruined it. No. Um, I had very little interest. Uh, I told you the teaser did absolutely nothing for me. 
Um, Aladdin is in my top five animated movies. Um, so it's not like I didn't like Aladdin. I actually love the the sequel to it. I thought that was really good. Um, it it just it it does nothing for me. I tell you guys a million times, marketing is one of the biggest things with me, and this is just a, another knock against marketing. But to be fair, Dane, you are right. A lot of times when Entertainment Weekly comes out with these these photos, they're not the best. But then again, you see all the Avengers photos, and they always just look good. So it's like Captain Marvel's photos came out and they looked, um, so it's like they don't bat, you know, they're, they're not horrible at releasing these photos, but they have had some bad ones. Um, it's just one of those things to me that's just like, I, I don't know, I just, I don't get the feel of it from, and maybe I have to wait till the trailer, which I'm assuming they're going to give us one during the Super Bowl. It'd be smart, especially after all this backlash, and you should put Will Smith in it. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like I don't I just don't get that feel. Uh like when I saw the Lion King trailer. Like I got that feel of the original ones where I was just like, Yeah, man, this is this is gonna be good. With this it's just like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um so it's one of those things where it's like I may wait till one of you guys see it and tell me if you liked it or not to go see it. I'm not gonna be those those guys that wait for it to come out on D V D. I will see it in theaters. Um, but I probably will wait until after you guys go like, yeah, I saw it and it was okay. And I'm like, all right, well, now I know where my expectations should kind of be in the area of. I'm going to go in and go watch it now. Um, but, yeah, the photos didn't ruin anything for me because my, my level of interest for it was very low to begin with. Very, very understandable. And, uh, yeah. 90s, baby. <laughs> Total 90s, baby. Yeah. Dan, when you brought up the shadow, I was like, there is 0% chance that Juwan even knows what the fuck you're talking about right now. <laughs> hey, you know, we should not be giving someone crap for being younger than us, Nick. They actually have longer to live <laughs> on the planet. So I'm just. Yeah, that is true. Uh, all right. Well, we got a couple more items to go over. But, uh, you know, we have one more wonderful sponsor to go over. So for that, I'm going to pass it. To my good friend Peter, who's fucking me off right now. Uh, Peter, take it away. <laughs> Guys, you know what grinds my fucking gears? Erectile dysfunction. Guys, let's talk about sex, and I'm talking about good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluetooth.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluetooth.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach, meh. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever opportunity arises, or for me, it's whenever Lois goes upstairs and says, Peter, get the fuck up here, or you're not getting it for another five months. Either way, whatever you choose to do, here's a testimonial from your asshole friend, Dane. Thanks, Peter. Um, yeah, guys, Blue Chew is a great, great enhancer. I can't sell it or even talk about it positively enough. Um, just because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're trying to increase the amount of uh, time in the bedroom, if you will, with your lady pal, trying to maybe – you know, you're dating someone, it's about to go over that level, and you want to show off, if you will. 
if you're having a little bit of uh, problems down below, maybe you take a certain medication that can get kind of screwed up if you mix with alcohol or for any of those type of reasons, Blue Chew is the way to go. Uh, you know, you're not going to have to worry about it. It's, it's a natural aid that makes, you know, good times greater. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So I, I'm going to pass it back to Peter. He's got the uh, exact details of what you guys can do if you want to try Blue Chew. Back to you, Peter. Go frack yourself. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Bluetooth prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a fucking pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, GVN, for Geek Vibes Nation. You just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com, promo code GVN, to try it free. Bluetooth is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Hey, Peter, you got that Bluetooth? Oh, yeah, hold on one second, Quagman. I'll be right there. <laughs> All right. Back to you, asshole. Man, that guy is such a dick. Don't hang out with cartoon characters from up north. That's all I have to say. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to our next um, topic of conversation. Uh, Cowboy uh, Bebop creator is to showrun a Blade Runner anime on Adult Swim set in 2032, 10 years after the first film. This is actually something that excites me. Um, Not for the reasons why Nick's going to be excited about this, and he'll probably want to punch me. (laughs) Because... Uh, I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. I, that was one of the animes that really just got, you know, uh, I enjoyed when I was younger, uh, back in high school and middle school. Just was adult-like. It had a Futurama feel, but it was still over the top, still had those anime qualities, just, you know, space opera-style show. Always liked it. I think that the creator, uh, you know, I'm assuming it's going to come with the visual uh, people that did his show for Cowboy Bebop, if he's not already a part of that. I don't know exactly what goes on production-wise for Cowboy Bebop. But the creator of it, working on this, this will potentially give me a reason to go back and watch the original that I haven't watched but one time my whole entire lifetime. It's probably been over 10 years. And finally see the uh, other film, the sequel that they made. So that's good, I would it's think. It's amazing. Uh, Nick, Nick, what do you think about them making a new anime, you know, uh, with this creator uh, and the material that you so much love uh, with Cowboy Bebop. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying. doesn't matter. Yes, I do. Uh, and just a small correction, it takes place uh, 10 years after the short film that he did uh, that takes place in 2022 um, called Blackout. Um, and, fuck, I'm so excited. Like, uh, well, first of all... Um, I'm a anime novice. Um, I do know, like, uh, like I love uh, Castlevania, which is anime esque. Um, I uh, really enjoyed Ghost in the Shell. I have not yet seen Cowboy Bebop, but I have been told that that is like, for for somebody who's like 
wanting to to watch some kind of entry level anime stuff like that is one of the ones that I need to watch and I I very much want to see it. Um but I have seen um uh Blackout which is the uh I think it's like 15 minute short film uh that uh that this guy did uh like as sort of a a precursor um to uh Blade Runner 2049. Uh, which, again, is fucking amazing. Uh, so definitely, if you haven't seen it, like, go watch it. It's it's so good. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, dude, I'm so excited for this. Uh, like, this is right up my alley as far as, um, it, like, just the material. Um, and, like, you know, like, I, like, I like genuinely have an interest in anime, but it's like where it's one of those things like, where the fuck do you even start? Um, Cowboy Bebop is like number one on my list uh, as of right now. Um, and, and this is going to be something that I definitely DVR and watch. I'm super, super looking forward to it. I, and it's interesting as far as the placement, because it's, um, sort of 10 years after, uh, blackout. So it's 2032, um, but it's several years before um, the Denny Villeneuve masterpiece that we got in Blade Runner 2049. Um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, like what's going on in this world um, and the world building that uh, you know they're able to do here. Um, I, like so, that's super intriguing to me. Uh, there's been um, some comments uh, made. Uh, by the showrunner about um, uh, Watanabe about essentially like how going to uh, utilize like classic characters from um, from the series uh, and and you know I'm not sure who you know exactly they're going to um, utilize uh, in this uh, it. it, it seems like uh, Harrison Ford's character would be a, a kind of a stretch given where we find him um, in Blade Runner 2049. But uh, obviously Edward James uh, almost character uh, seems like he could be um, a part of this, uh, of this storyline and that would be intriguing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just in general, like I'm very intrigued. I think that there's like a huge world out there for this um, for this uh, property, uh, and I'm excited that this is kind of the format in which they're going to explore it. Both because obviously the movie wasn't ultimately successful enough um, to uh, you know warrant a, like a sequel. Um, unfortunately, uh, maybe we'll get one in like 20 years, you know, and that would be fitting. Um, but uh, I will say this: I do think that this format could definitely warrant more seasons, at, you know, after this this um, uh, original season, uh, you know, comes to fruition, and that excites me heavily. Uh, and I think it's the, the kind of the proper format to explore this world. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm super super fucking excited for this. I can't wait uh, until you know it, it hits. Uh, uh, tsunami uh, next year. It's it's uh, on uh, one of the highest things on my list uh, as far as what I anticipate for uh, next season next year. Now, Nick, 
you know, since you're someone that's a everyone that 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 listens over in Geek Vibes Nation constantly knows that you are big advocate for Blade Runner. Um, for a person that wanted to potentially see the movies, but are, are really interested in this series, maybe more so because of the fact that it's creator of Cowboy Bebop. How can you explain to them uh, the difference in tone than, you know, I, I think that a lot of people is what I'm trying to say is when I think of like an anime sci-fi, their minds are going to go towards Star Wars. And I'm pretty damn sure Blade Runner is very, very on a different side. So maybe tone wise, or what would you think was, is going to be the product that people should look for with this? Yeah, I mean, it's not Star Wars. It's not, it, it, it's sci-fi. It's not fantasy. So that's like the biggest thing. Um, it, it, it takes place on a futuristic Earth. Um, like, so, so there's that. I would say it's more akin to something like Alien, um, even, than, uh, than uh, Star Wars. Um, or, or, or even Star Trek, for that matter. Um, but, it, like, I mean, it takes place on Earth. It's, it's basically if Terminator um, wasn't so dystopian, um, but rather, like, society continued um, after the creation of artificial intelligence. Um, and instead of humanity being at threat from artificial intelligence, it's it's like the opposite. So it's like these these AIs, um, you know, are 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 seeking, um, you know, their sort of own salvation, their own um, identity, and they have humans hunting them down. Um, but at the same time, balancing um, sort of still still making your protagonist a human. Um, it's it's very complex. It's very um, original. Uh, and I, again, I, I just highly recommend anybody who hasn't seen either one of the original movies or the original movie or the sequel, like just check it out because it, it is heady. Um, it's not an action movie. Um, and, and honestly, like the first time I saw Blade Runner, like I remember, I like I watched it because I love Star Wars. Um, and I loved Harrison Ford as Han Solo. And it's not at all like that in any essence of what Star Wars is. Um, definitely uh, is it, super intriguing. And I, and I mean, I, just, I just highly recommend it um, for any like geek. Like, I mean, if, if you love good movie making um, and good movies um, and you don't need everything to be like super like action packed, um, then definitely check it out. If you it, like, if if your favorite part of any say MCU movie is like, put it this way: if your favorite sequence of um, of uh, uh, Civil War is the fight at the end because of how personal it is, and Tony's reaction when he finds out, like he's like, "Fuck you, killed my mom. He killed my mom." Like, like. That whole thing, if you like that more than the airport scene, then you should watch this movie because you will enjoy it. If you like the airport scene more because it's more spectacle and super cool and everything else, you might not like it. Um, that, that's probably the best way that I could describe it to our viewers. Yeah, so basically Nick's trying to say if you like the airport scene that you're, you're, you're kind of dumb. I'm just being – No, the airport scene is great. I'm just saying if you like it more – 
um, I'm, then I'm, you may I'm, not you, you may not like I'm, it. You, you, like Blade Runner's probably not for you. Maybe. Well, maybe not for you. But maybe maybe still is, but maybe not. If you like playing with Play-Doh more as a kid, then you know, say <laughs> Rick. Uh, if you really liked Legos as a child, then this movie is for you. If Legos were too complicated, just try to do Lincoln Log. You know, maybe you'll. Does anyone know what Lincoln Log is? Is that even a thing anymore? Did they I stop don't. Doing that? I don't think so, man. I saw like a like an ad the other day that. It, like had Lincoln logs uh, in a commercial, and it was like kids playing with them. And I was like, I damn fucking tee you. Any kid today would be like, the fuck is this bullshit? I'm not playing with this. I'm gonna pull out their I- iPad and like go to town. Beat the shit out of it with their iPads. All right. Well, you said Star Wars. Uh, I think that should bring us on to the next topic. I'll also make note just to let you guys know. Juwan had to uh, leave early and abruptly. Um, nothing, nothing big of a deal. He's at his house. I think he has people over. It's really loud. He noticed that, so he just let me and Nick handle the last couple of topics. What a nice fellow! Um, but yeah, he wanted me to say goodbye and peace out for everyone. But either way, so uh, we, we we found out, Nick, that Star Wars Episode Nine uh, take place one year after eight. Um, I will personally say that I like that there has been a time jump. I don't know how long the time jump was between Empire and Return, if it was more than a year, but I, I remember it being like a jump between the, the second to last uh, those it's, two movies. It's five, it's five years between Episode 4 and Episode 6. Um, so, like, Episode uh, 5 is... It, it, I think one year or two years after episode four, um, and then there's like a three-year gap. Um, so, but it, but it's five total years between episodes four and six. I got gotcha. you. Well, that's good because we can find out a lot about story development through uh, you know stuff that's already happened. They can go back and explain to us and kind of bridge the gaps. Um, and we'll find that I'm assuming both Poe. Um, her or or Poe Dameron and and um, why am I blanking on everyone's Ray Finn Ray yeah all of them are going to be at different different places obviously within their whole entire life uh, we have you know everything that's going off with the the Dark Order with um God why am I here actually I'm gonna fucking research some shit because my brain's turned off Nick what do you think about this um. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, it, it was actually kind of weird that the, that episode eight didn't do a time jump because they've always done a little bit of a time jump, um, you know, between movies. Uh, so the fact that they didn't do that for, um, you know, that sequel was 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 something different um, within the Star Wars universe. Um, now, obviously, I have spoken on it several times on the show. I actually really, really, really like uh, Episode 8. I thought um, it delivered on a lot of different things that I really enjoyed, um, just namely the uh, the um, fight scene uh, with Kylo and Rey teaming up after, you know, they kill Snoke, or after Kylo kills Snoke. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, but... Uh, you know, it was it was different. So, I'm, but I'm glad to see that they're not, you know, 
going to just pick up right where they left off. There will be some time that passes. Um, the, the, the Rebel Alliance will have some time to kind of try to rebuild their ranks. Um, and, you know, like we'll get, you know, a, a, some slightly different versions of these characters. I also think it, it allows um, one of the plot points that I really am looking like forward to, if it does happen, General Hux kind of leading a coup against Kylo Ren. Um, I like. I think that would be really intriguing to see our main antagonist um, sort of like be almost like more of an outcast within his own um, amongst his peers, uh, and and I think that would add even more to his character. Um, and I'm one of the few who actually think. Um, it would be more interesting for me personally to see the continuation of his character and have Ray die than the opposite. Um, just my personal opinion, I think I think Adam Driver's performance and the character of uh, of Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren, is it, is just way more intriguing to me than than Ray's character. Um, so I think if they can, like, I, I think the year time jump gets me hyped that that might be the direction that they go. Um, it may not, and, you know, whatever they decide, I, I'm sure, um, you know, it, it'll be pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that news and excited to see, you know, what, what we get out of J.J. Uh, Abrams for the um, bookend of this particular trilogy. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot can happen in a year, like we kind of have alluded to. And Ray, uh, I'm hoping, even though they're Force Ghosts, we get some interaction between her and Luke and her and Yoda, uh, maybe training her for whatever's coming. And just, yeah, Kylo Ren taking the lead of trying to control everything. Poe maybe running up the ranks of trying to become one of the uh, top guys within the Rebellion. And, of course... Maybe we can finally see uh, Finn and Rose go back to the Harry Potter planet and try to win some. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, Finn, everyone, actually like that movie. Um, so yeah. Either way, um, hey, I'm excited. New, new Star Wars movie will be coming out soon. I'll be rushing out to see it, and there will be another trilogy done. That is the crazy part: is the fact that we're about to be done with another trilogy from Star Wars. It's crazy in itself. Well, yeah. Gotta go it's not as crazy as the fact that, like, people for some reason are going to, like, think this trilogy is worse than the prequel trilogy. <laughs> that, to me, is the crazier thing. But, hey, you know, to each his own. <laughs> Let them believe whatever they want to believe. That's true. If he had man, a, I really, I really don't lose job. any sleep over it. <laughs> if you gave it back to George he would do such a better job. Give DC to George Lucas. He can fix it. Um, <laughs> and on that note, I think that we should uh, try to, uh, you know, get out of here, Nick. Um, Indeed, sir. I had a wonderful, wonderful show talking to all of you wonderful people out there. The last news show that we have this year. Now, we do have some end-of-the-year review shows. Uh, the most important one that you should probably get ready for is the one that will be on Sunday night where uh, we'll talk about the best within this last year, you know, going over our choices. 
I will have a one for Wrestling Geeks Alliance that will go up Saturday night um, that will be doing the same exact thing, best matches, best wrestlers, male, best wrestlers, female, best tag team, stuff to that nature. Me and Chris will have that done and up and running Saturday. So got a lot of stuff for you guys. Uh, Happy to have you guys out there as listeners. I really am. We started this. I think this is now going to be going on our fourth year of doing this. Uh, God, so it's been it a long four time. Four years now? Damn. We're, going, we're about to go on our fourth. We're, we're saying goodbye to our third. Either way, we, we've been doing this for a while. Me, Juwan, uh, Kanan, Joel, and I'll let Nick speak for himself, obviously. We appreciate everything from you guys. Uh, definitely check out our website, gvnation.com. That has all of our news articles. also has different platforms available so you guys can check us out, our, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook page, as well as our blog talk channel itself and ability to get that on Stitcher and on iTunes. So check that out um, and join the conversation, guys. It's been a great year, a lot of news that we covered. We're going to have another great year. And, uh, yeah, I'll let Nick uh, close out anything he wants to say, plug whatever, and uh, then we'll, uh, you know, get going and get to the rest Indeed. of our um, Indeed, sir, indeed. Uh, First and foremost, uh, definitely, if you don't have the app, download the app for SeatGeek, because SeatGeek is amazing. It's the easiest way to get tickets to whatever you want to see. Uh, It's revolutionary. It is the most convenient and easiest way to get tickets. Uh, and if you enter our promo code geek vibes, then, uh, you can get 20% off your first purchase. So by all means, uh, if you're going to get it, definitely enter our promo code. It helps us, it helps you. Uh, and if, you know, if you're like, "Eh, I don't really need it. Like, just try it. Trust me. It's amazing. It's effortless it's so easy and it just makes your life a lot easier so like check it out um also um as far as full court press we got uh obviously a lot of content coming out uh next year uh we're probably going to be off for the rest of this year but we're going to have a lot of content coming your way next year uh and uh we very much look forward to it uh myself uh joelle luke and uh Jawan. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and thank you, as always, uh, for listening to our content. We really, really appreciate it. All right, guys. It's the end of the show, and like I said, definitely check out our next show, uh, Sunday night, for the for the uh, year-in-review show over movies and everything. Um, they'll break that down. A wrestling show. Uh, and you guys, you guys have a wonderful evening. Let the Geek Vibes be with you, and peace out. Hey, Bubs, this is Cal Dodd. You're now listening to Geek Vibes Live. <laughs>